now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. All right, welcome into the program. Just a quick quick housekeeping note uh, right off the bat here. We're getting, we're getting towards that summer portion of the offseason, right, where the NFL, I guess, technically starts to quiet down, quote-unquote. The NFL never really officially fully quiets down, but it's going into a little bit of a slumber here coming up in June. Uh, so this will be our final pod of the spring portion of the offseason, all the craziness with free agency, with the draft. And I think just right off the bat, I just wanted to like kind of say, hey, we're getting – we're coming up on our first full year on the pod in August. It'll be a full year, John, that we've been doing this. And I just want to come out and say, man, it's been a blast talking football with you, talking Saints every week. Uh, and to all the Saints fans out there that have you know, kind of devoured the content on Saints Wire, who have listened to the pod and shared it and subscribed, uh, we just appreciate the hell out of you. And thank you for making this year a lot of fun and, and kind of a success. Yeah, certainly. You know, you know, we were able to do this because you guys are tuning in and listening in each week and keeping up with us. We, we certainly appreciate that. And it's been a lot of fun. We're looking, for, looking forward to a, a relatively quiet summer by St. Sanders. And uh, we'll pick it up with a, with a, with a busy uh, football season here in the fall. 100%. And uh, let's just jump right into the deep end of the pool here. Uh, John, you had a scorching hot take on Saints Wire that I have to get into. And and anytime I see a title on Saints Wire that sounds like a column, and this kind of was a column that you wrote, uh, I, I just get ready for it. I got my coffee out. And uh, boy, I, I actually um, reacted out loud to some of the things you wrote here. It was tremendous. And you're talking about how people are kind of writing off the Saints already in the NFC South. Everyone's kind of picking the Bucks. You know, they're coming off the Super Bowl championship. They're, everyone's assuming the Bucks will dominate the NFC South, and you know, a lot of people are putting them at the top of their power rankings. But here comes John on uh, Saints Wire. Quote, If Taylor Heineke hadn't posted a quarterback rating 17 points below league average, the Bucks wouldn't have made it out of the wild card round. I mean, when, I, when you wrote that, John, I read it, I was like, whoa. You know, I just like spit out my coffee. It was a great take. Yeah, I had to, to uh, throw some cold water on the situation there. Um <laughs> You know, I get it. Like the reigning champs are the reigning champs, and they're going to get their flowers. They're going to get their time in the spotlight. Um, but let's just not get ahead of ourselves here. I mean, it, it, if we look critically at who the Bucks were last season, they survived a couple of really close games against some very bad teams. Um, gosh, I think I, think I, I, wrote, I wrote it all up on Saints Wire, but they, <laughs> they had basically they had coin flip single digit wins over I mean, a few really ugly teams. They lost uh, to Nick like Foles. Lions. Remember that the Nick Foles one? They lost, yeah, man, and he did, and my Brady did, did not give them the handshake after the game. Uh, it was the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> of course not. But, I mean, yeah, and, and just looking at how it's shaping up for, the, for this season, you know, I'm not ready to anoint the Bucks as like this um, you know, power that, that be, you know where they you know, they only won 11 games last year. Uh, I mean, the Saints beat them in, in front of the whole world at midseason, 38-3. to I mean, they, they're not invincible. They are not the superpower. They are not this, you know, 13- or 14-win team. They were lucky to get to 11 wins last year. They were lucky to get hot at the right time in December. They were lucky to escape a couple of meltdowns by Taylor Heineke and Drew Brees in the playoffs. And to their credit, they did you know, beat the snot out of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes when the Jets were down. So, you know, I, I, I'll be the first to credit uh, the Bucks for what they've accomplished. 
Um, but let's just keep in mind that, you know, th- th- they are kind of a paper tiger here. Uh, going into the, into the 2021 season. No, it was it was a great take. I, I really uh, I really appreciated it. It was a, it was a great column. Not to pat you on the back too much, John. You know I like you. You know, <laughs> but, you know even you were you're being mean to Brady, and I still I, I got to say, I kind of agree with you, right? I mean, the Saints have really they've they've run that NFC South for a while, and it's, I don't think they're just going to go away. Now, touchdown wire has the Saints in the middle of the pack of their post draft power rankings, right? Number fourteen. And, you know, obviously, when you look at this depth chart right now, obviously, they still have some players to add. We'll be watching for that over the next couple of weeks. They got some they got a few holes on the roster they need to fill. Obviously, the quarterback positions, one we're going to be watching as we go. I mean, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, how's that going to shake out? Certainly, there's some question marks at corner as well. We love the uh, Paulson Adebo pick. We, you know, obviously, we got Marshawn Lattimore, but who else is going to step up there? We're going to be watching that. But I don't know. It's like. Should we be down on the Saints going into this year? Are they really a middle-of-the-pack team? Can we expect them to contend in their division and in the conference? Like These are all questions that we should be thinking about, right? I mean, are the Saints about to take a step back, or can they kind of weather this storm, especially at the quarterback position, and stay competitive and, and remain the Saints? Yeah, so my take on it is that the Saints are still um, – they still have the top-end talent to compete with anybody, and I expect them to be competitive every week, every game they play. Now, with that said, I, I question the depth of the, of the roster. I question uh, the holes at cornerback. I question the uncertainty at quarterback. Um, there are, you know, serious reasons to have doubts for them and to um, see them maybe take take a step back here. Yeah, I, I, I think the over under for them at uh, that NGM, that, that that's our sports betting partner at USA Today. I think they're set at nine as the over-under, and that feels very realistic to me. Like, I can totally see the Saints losing some close games, um, kind of getting on the other side of the coin flip, if you will, here and there. And I, I could see it being kind of a frustrating season where maybe maybe they get too banged up at too many important positions and they're not able to seal the deal in a couple of games that they should win and that they have won in recent years. Um, now, at the same time, I'm not ready to say that they're, you know, they're going to be one of the worst squads out there. They're going to be as bad as you know the Giants have been, or as bad as the Bears have been, and say that they're going to be, you know, one of these mediocre teams in this league. Um, but I do think we need to we need to temper expectations a bit, and I think they're they're going to have a really tough fight to hold on to the division for a fifth year in a row. All right. Well, coming up next, we'll take a look at the depth chart a little bit, maybe some positional battles, and I'm going to make John humor me on one topic that. You know, it, it might be already getting old, but I'm just going to make him humor me. We'll do it all coming up next. All right, John, I don't I don't know. You might roll your eyes at me, but I can't see you anyway. We're, we're talking through a phone here. So what, what are you going to do? Uh, you, you've been talking about how you expect another quarterback to join this uh, the Saints team before all said and done in the summer. Right. We got Jameis Winston. We have Taysom Hill. We have Ian Book now. We have Trevor Simeon. So we've got plenty of guys in this quarterback room, but you you actually threw that out there last week. You don't think they're done. There could be another quarterback. And I just kind of wonder, should we be sleeping on Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, this is like a huge storyline. It took over draft weekend. Everyone's kind of linking Rodgers if he becomes available. It's still a hypothetical. But if he were to be traded, it sounds like the Broncos are a favorite. It sounds like the Raiders are a favorite. And I just don't like, wouldn't it be very Sean Payton to go in and get Rodgers you're looking for kind of a bridge anyway. You could send a veteran quarterback back to Green Bay to help them with Jordan Love 
And I just feel like Sean Payton's crazy enough to be out there and be like, oh, I'll outbid John Gruden and get Aaron Rodgers for three years and go win a Super Bowl. Like, I could totally see Sean Payton do that. Now, maybe that's just a fart in the wind. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But I feel like everyone's talking about the Raiders and they're talking about Denver and all these hypotheticals. And I don't feel like I hear Saints enough. I feel like if Rodgers was actually available, Sean Payton would find a way somehow. Yeah, I don't think we can rule it out. It's not something I'm going to be looking for. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, turning over stones and crossing my fingers and hoping for this by any means. Um, but it, it's something that, you know, we, we shouldn't be totally shocked by if it happens just because, um, you know, it is the kind of move that Sean Payton has made at other positions. It's the kind of thing that, I, you know, he, he could talk himself into pursuing. And by all accounts, uh, the rift between Rodgers and the Packers is very real. Uh, he, he doesn't intend to play for them again. Um, according to multiple reports. And, you know, the Packers front office has, you know, shown a willingness to move on from him by picking his replacement in the first round uh, just a year or two, year or two ago. So I, I can totally see a situation where uh, things get to a tipping point with Rodgers and the Packers and the Saints get wind of it and the Saints put up, put up some crazy trade package out there. They were looking to swap, you know, multiple first-round picks, uh, some more high-round picks, possibly players to move up in the draft for a you know a quarterback, uh, I have to think that they would be willing to at least put that much on the table for a proven franchise quarterback and a, a, an annual MVP candidate, especially considering all the noise that was about them you know, going after Tom Brady last offseason. So if they can bring in someone who's younger than Brady, who has won more MVPs lately than Brady has, uh, then I could absolutely see them saying, you know, we, we enjoyed the look we got at Jameis Winston over, over the last year, but if we can move him and some draft picks and go get somebody we hope he turns into 10 years from now, uh, then, you know, we, we, we are obligated to do that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. I just question whether the decision makers in Green Bay are willing to get for things to get to that to that point where they do end up moving Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. I think it's still a, a pipe dream. I think it's still very unlikely that he moves at all. But, uh, you know, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I was talking to Henry McKenna over at the Patriots Wire last week, and he was talking about all these reports that Sean Payton was trying to get up ahead of the Patriots for Mac Jones. And I'm like, really? Really? So I hadn't seen those reports yet. And it just seems like maybe it always it always seems like Payton's kind of out there. He's He's paying attention, right? He's always looking. He, maybe he's looking for that next guy. And what we see right now with Winston and Taysom Hill, it's still it's still not the final answer, right? He's still looking for that next thing. And they were in on Mac Jones, so that means on your Saints Wire mock draft, you should have taken Mac Jones, John, at uh, you know when he <laughs> fell to you in the first round because no one took Mac Jones. You could have had him. It sounds like Sean Payton. Do you believe yeah. that that he was going after him? I think it's possible because the, the, the Saints' stance, Sean Payton's stance has been, until we have our quarterback, we believe in this guy, he's under contract for multiple years, we don't have a quarterback. Now we can have prospects. We can have prospects like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and Ian Book and Trevor Simeon. None of those guys is a proven franchise quarterback. None of those guys is Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Uh, none of those guys is the face of the franchise. And until the Saints can find the next face of their franchise, I fully expect them to kick the tires on every option, to explore every trade possibility, to make every phone call, to flip over every rock and see what's underneath it. Um, I mean, they, they were in on Sam Darnold 
They were in on uh, Mac Jones. So they've been doing their homework. Um, And, yeah, I I think that they're comfortable filling into uh, training camp with the four guys they have under contract right now. I don't think that they're willing to be complacent enough to not make an effort to change up that group somehow, whether it's swapping out Simeon or bringing in someone else or whatever it may be. Um, I think they're going to explore every every option, every possibility, so they, they can go into camp with the four best uh, prospects and quarterbacks that they can uh, put together. All right, John. So I guess it's we're kind of on to the summer here, right? So let's get into – let's leave it at like a, a bigger picture kind of topic, like thoughts on – What's your favorite positional battle on the Saints going into the summer, right? Is it, is it the quarterbacks, right? Are, are you most interested in how it's going to shake out with Winston and Hill? Like, is Winston really going to get that Drew Brees role? I don't, I'm not sold on that personally. I'm, not, I'm interested to see how that thing plays out. Is it maybe some of the wide receivers, guys trying to step up and maybe battle Traquan for that number two role? I think corner with uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and how Paulson Adebo fits in and all that, like that's going to be interesting, right? So... What position battle is really piquing your interest going into the summer? Yeah, there's a ton of intrigue. And I think the most, I think the highest potential for change would be at cornerback there at the number two spot behind Marshawn Lattimore, yeah. um, where Fossil Ladebo does have a real shot. Um, and, and to me, you know, I'm writing him in pencil as the starting cornerback in week one. Um, but that is subject to change. You know, he has to earn that job, he has to beat out. Patrick Robinson and P.J. Williams and Keith Washington and anyone the Saints bring in, maybe a Richard Sherman type. Uh, he's got to earn that job, and I fully expect the Saints to make it a legitimate competition um, and put as many viable options up against them as they can. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, I'm really eager to see how it shakes out at wide receiver because to me, the Saints only have two receivers that I'm comfortable locking in to play a lot of minutes from offense this year, and that's Michael Thomas and Trayvon Smith. Now, Deontay Harris has fully earned that opportunity. Uh, the dude is electric whenever he touches the ball, uh, but he hasn't shown he can stay healthy. He only played like 14% of snaps from offense last year. Um, and then behind him, we have Marcos Calloway, who you know did play well in spot duty last year. He did earn his stripes uh, to, to an extent, and he earned a, a very fast following out there in uh, Saints Twitter and, and on, on Facebook and in the fan base uh, because he did make some pretty tough ca- catches. Uh, but the kid only caught like 20, 25 passes, uh, only had 213 or so uh, receiving yards. By no means should anyone be looking to him as like a 600 or 700 yard receiver. Like that, 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 that would be, you know, tri- tripling the production that we've seen out of him. And that, that's, just, that's just a lot to ask out of a second year pro. So it, it's an intriguing group. I mean, the Saints, they don't have anyone with a ton of NFL experience. They, they've got Harris and Callaway. They got just a bunch of undrafted rookies, really, in Little Jordan Humphrey. And no, no, we don't have a manual butler. <laughs> we, we've got Jawan Thompson. Um, so so it's, it's just kind of a group. Um, and I, I really am going to this the wrong way, but it's like an island of misfit boys. And we have to see who really stands out among the rest and who can be that next, you know, Lance Moore, uh, potentially. Or even, you know, the next Joe Morgan would, would, would be nice. So. We'll see how it shakes out, and to me, that that might be the position group I'm, I watch most closely uh, during training camp. Um, but you know, like you said, there's competition all over the roster, and you know, ho- hopefully, it's it's like they all love to say, and iron sharpens iron, and we'll end up starting the best twenty-two. It's so corny, but like untapped potential, right? There's all that. That's how you think about these wide receivers. Like, 
Traquan hasn't really exploded yet. Who's gonna get? Who's gonna be next in line behind him? Is it gonna be Callaway? Is it gonna be Harris? Like I agree with you. I think wide receiver is definitely a position. So looking forward to it. It's gonna be a fun summer to see all how all this shakes out. It's also gonna be fun to see what other players the Saints bring in. Maybe some contract extensions, stuff like that, John. But I'm also I'm worried about you, man. You guys at the NFL Wire sites. You guys work a lot. You put a lot. You pump out a lot of content, especially around draft weekend. So like, what's summer like for you? Do you gotta get a little bit of time off in June when? The NFL tries to quiet down a little bit. Yeah, so this weekend actually, uh, that'll be um, yeah, middle of May after this episode goes, goes up. Um, I'm going to go visit some friends in Birmingham, Alabama for for the weekend. Uh, track down some good barbecue, nice. and then I'm taking another a longer vacation in June. Going to go up to uh, Asheville, North Carolina, do some hiking, um, hit up some breweries, and just just have a great time and avoiding looking at a screen for any length of time. <laughs> that, that, that is the goal here. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, man, enjoy yourself. I've, like I said earlier, it's been a blast doing the show. Um, I always learn something about football when I talk to you, so it's always a good time. And uh, to, to all the listeners, too, we appreciate the hell out of you. Thanks for joining us. We will be back this summer. Excited to talk to you all then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.